As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic Hockey Show on this Monday. I'm Julian McKenzie filling in for Ian Mendez and welcoming back to the Monday show, Haley Salvian, back after a long journey away covering the Calgary Flames. We have a special guest with us. We'll get to them in a second. But seriously, like, Haley, it's been, like, way too long since you've been on this show. I know. It's been weeks, and I feel like every time there was a practice or a morning skate or a travel day, it was on a Monday. So I kind of just said, you know what? I'll see you guys later. I'll be back eventually. (laughs) We missed you, though. Oh, that's nice. I'm sure Ian didn't, but that's all right. And joining us for Monday's edition, this Monday edition, our resident advanced stats man, Dom Lachizen, is also checking in. Yeah. I, Yikes. Oh, no. Yikes. Wait, what? Did I butcher the pronunciation? So <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You were so confident, too. Oh, oh that was one oh. of the worst I've heard in so long. Come on. That was not that bad. Oh, it was, it was like bad. a it was like a two out of ten. No. It wasn't bad. <laughs> this is awful. I'm not even gonna retake that. Just gonna live with the embarrassment for the rest oh, of the Oh yeah, time. you can't. This is well, let's this go is for what? a second try here. Let's go for a second oh, try. No, here. give him like a lip like tell him what he did wrong. No. Yeah, at the very least. No, just just roll it. Because I said Lashizen and yeah, like, the end at the far... end. That's not good. There's far fewer like shizzes. Yeah. Shish, 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 shish. There's less of L- that. Lucision. Loose chishin. Loose chishin. Loose? What is loose? There's loose. A, I didn't realize there was a loose. L- I guess that makes sense. But anyway, Dom is here with us here on the Athletic Hockey <laughs> Dom Show. Dom at the Athletic. Day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
that I completely mangled your name. You are my friend, and I should not do that. You actually should be very sorry, because a little behind the scenes, uh, before the show, I told Julian he looked really nice today, and this is how he repaid me, by no, really No, and I genuinely appreciated it. I you should have seen a smile. It. He was beaming. Absolutely I, the happiest. It was a genuine compliment from Dom. I really appreciated it. So this it made his day. makes me sad. It really did. So uh, when you're in town for the draft, uh, I will certainly make it up to you and just call you Dom forever and never mangle your last name ever again. Anyway, it's probably the best course of action. It's probably the best idea. We should Whenever probably I'm get to. I'm writing stuff. <laughs> no. no, we're not getting to anything yet. Um, fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm back, so it's time to, like, go back off the rails and stuff. Um, yes. Has anyone noticed how quickly Ian just, like, puts out my derailing of conversations? Very quickly. Anyways. Uh, I never noticed. <laughs> no, Whenever I'm listen. writing something and I have to. That's, that's wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Yo, I at least listened to the show. Dom was just like, I, I don't care. I don't listen to the show. Dom only listens when he's on the show. I don't even listen when I'm on the show. I <laughs> lived it. I don't need to live it again. Um, yeah, why I do can't you listen, hate I don't podcasting listen. so much? I I don't know. I don't. I'd rather listen to Harry's house for the thirtieth yeah. time yeah. and listen to a podcast. That album's I'm very really late sad. on that album. It's also really good. It's I feel like it's got a good wonderful. vibe. Yeah, we love it. Anyways, whenever I write stories and I have to say like. According to like the athletics Dom Lustician, I'll just be like Dom in capital letters and then remind myself to like go back and add your last name. And Julian, who edits my stuff sometimes, probably catches that or catches the thing that I do where I'm like, wait, I'm not totally sure what this is. So I'll just put like XXXX. <laughs> and then sometimes I forget about them. So editors be like, hey, what's, what's the XXXX in your story? As no, someone who's also X, 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 edited your stories, I know those things all too well. You don't edit my stories. I've I've read them. Oh, yeah, that was my Dom was very helpful my first year on the Flames beat when I didn't know anything about numbers. And now she's I an would expert. send him things. Aww. Yes. Look at, look at all three of us, just helpful people in this weird athletic cycle, you know, editing <laughs> each other's work. Well, actually, I've edited both of your work, actually, on, on different occasions, actually. You guys are both pleasures to read and consume no. your content. This is so nice. This is a nice this chat. This is really nice. This the is the most wholesome edition of the Athletic Hockey Show ever done. And this started with me completely getting Dom's name wrong, on which I will apologize again and again and again. It's because I forgave you immediately, and that sort of energy yeah. just brought us all together. <sighs> Man. Okay. Uh, I, I okay. guess he, he he is. He actually is an okay person. I guess we should actually talk about hockey on this podcast. We could continue to be wholesome throughout. We should probably start <laughs> with the Lightning Rangers game, considering how game three went. Tampa kind of cert, cert, used that game as a way to remind everyone that when you're the champ, the only way you can take out the champ is if you knock out the champ. Uh, but the Rangers still have that 2-1 series lead. But with the Lightning winning game three, how wide open is that opportunity for them to actually come back and win this damn series over the Rangers? Yeah, it is. It was looking pretty bleak for a little bit there, but the white, the lightning responded very quickly to the Rangers going up to nothing. And then from that point on, it was basically all of them for the rest of the game. They completely took over. They looked like 
a team that knew what was at stake and what needed to be done to get the series back in their hands. And from that, before that, it looked like the Rangers sort of had their number. They had an answer to what the Lightning were doing. And from that first goal, it seemed like, okay, we're the defending champs. We know how to get things done. We're, we may be missing Braden Point, but we still have a really good team. We have arguably the best goal in the world. We have Nikita Kucherov, who can break a game open by himself, which he did yesterday. And they look well set up to come back in the series and go to their third straight final because it really does feel like the Rangers showed their inexperience a bit yesterday and didn't seal the deal when they could have. Is anyone surprised about Tampa being here, though? No. no, no, You can't be surprised by the Lightning doing this. Right? And I think it even went back to the first round where I think – the Leafs were favored to win on paper. And I kind of said, I think maybe even before the first round of the podcast, like I will bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning to lose a series when they finally lose one. This is a team who has not lost a playoff round since 2019. It's incredibly impressive what they're doing, but so is what the Rangers are doing. I mean, are they the, we've been, I feel like we've been talking about this all year. Like are the Rangers the real deal? And there's been different issues that have cropped up with with them over the course of the season. They weren't a great five on five team. Uh, Shesterkin had a bit of dip in performance, and then they kind of put it all together. And first round of the playoffs was, I mean, they they don't get out of the first round if Casey DeSmith plays. I think, mm-hmm. um, but it's just been this really weird, um, interesting path from the regular season first round to now for the New York Rangers. I'm I'm curious to see if they can pull this out. I mean, they have a two-one series lead. What did you did you say? What the odds were, Dom? I wasn't uh, listening. I did not like their odds of winning the series. The Rangers, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now, they're at like sixty-one percent, so they are favored. But because Tampa Bay is at home for Game Four, they can tie and retake the. I guess the they were favorites going to the series, right? Um, mm-hmm. As good as the Rangers have looked. I think it's also prudent to note that their five on five issues still like very much exist. And they're sort of living and dying off the same thing they've been living on dying off all season, which was have an elite power play and have Shesterkin playing his ass off. And they've had both those things versus the lightning and lightning at five on five have 62% of the expected goals. And Mm. it hasn't mattered because the Rangers have, Hatchester can play out of his mind and they have a strong enough counterattack and their power play has been unreal for the series. Yeah. Do we think it's, and this might sound really dumb for me, but have you guys remembered a playoffs with so much like back and forth goaltending in the sense that one goaltender will be out of his mind for one round and then be kind of bad the next and then be really good the next like, Shesterkin wasn't great in round one. It's good in round two, really good in round three. Vasilevsky let in, like, almost five goals a game against the Leafs in the first round and then completely shut the door, swept the Panthers in round two. Have we noticed that? If we're going to keep it to that series, with yeah, then Mike, and then you have Mike Smith, who, mm-hmm. like, was arguably the best Hold goalie heading into the playoffs. And, yeah. And then, like, we'll literally have games where you'll have outstanding saves, and then we'll let in, like, weird deflections off Darnell Nurse. Or Jacob Markstrom having a 943 and then letting in 24 goals in five games the next. 
Like, this has been a weird goaltending playoffs, and I don't know if maybe that's just something that happens every year and I haven't been paying attention, or this is a strange, strange year. I think it's just a bit of goaltending uh, weirdness in general. Markstrom is probably like a 915 to 920 goalie, and if he's in at 943 for one series, you like do expect that to come down. It's unlikely he'll not keep to an 857. Yeah, but like if you take the average of the two, like he was close to where he should be at. Um, with Vasilevsky, I think looking at the teams he played um, helps sort of discern like why he was the way he was. And same with Markstrom, he played the Dallas Stars first and the Oilers, and obviously yeah. things are going to be skewed based on the competition. But the Leafs were one of the best offensive teams in the league, and they are one of the few that can score on Vasilevsky. I think it was a bit more surprising when Florida was shut out, but they just didn't look right against Washington to begin with. So all those things make sense. With Shesterkin, I didn't think he was that bad during the first round. I think the Penguins just had a number of chances every single night. And even though he was allowing a lot of goals and safe percentage wasn't as great as usual, he was still saving more goals above expected than most goalies. It was just a lot of chances against. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? I keep thinking of that first round series a lot, and all it takes is like one referee to mess up a goalie interference call, and the Rangers win that game one, and they probably win that series in like six. Because I didn't think they were completely out of it, even when they found themselves down three one. And Chesterkin, who knows, in, a, in an alternate world, looks even better in that first round than he did now. But he's been he's been insane all postseason. But the Rangers, like as a whole. I'm not ready to, like, say, like, you know, they're legit. Like, I'm asking that question now, and I know they have that lead. But I'm wondering now if this series with Tampa is, like, a could have the potential of being, like, a transfer of power just because of how big Tampa Bay has been over the last how many years. And while the Rangers are not perfect, and, and Dom, you put it really eloquently with the fact that they still have their issues at even strength and they're letting Igor Shesterkin save a lot. But at least on paper, they have a good offense. They have a franchise defenseman. They have a franchise goalie. They have the pieces at least to be a good team in the Eastern Conference for a really long time. And while Tampa still could be a really good team in the East, like it could still be like a a, a, a sign that the era of 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 dominance in the Eastern Conference could start to go the Rangers way like that's how I'm kind of like seeing it I don't know if I'm off base on that or not it's just that the Rangers look really good they're ahead of schedule they were only like four years off for when they put out that letter saying that they were going to rebuild the team and normally teams go through pain there are teams who have who have been in rebuilds well before the Rangers were in a rebuild and they're still in a rebuild like this is incredible what the Rangers have done as far as I'm concerned yeah, and I, I don't even think we need to argue about whether they're a legit team. Like, they made it the conference finals. They beat Pittsburgh and Carolina, two very strong teams. Obviously, uh, Frederick Anderson and Tristan Jari weren't available to those two teams, but the Rangers still <laughs> played Carolina well enough, right? Like, they, like a lot of people thought Carolina would blow their doors off and control the series, and they just really never did. Rangers were right there with them, and I, I think a lot of people need to stop like questioning whether this team is legit or not just because they don't win in the way that most contending teams do. 
They have an elite power play. They have the best goalie in the world, in my opinion. That is enough, especially when you have the shooting talent that they do and some of the elite players out their lineup like Panarin, Zabinajad, Kreider now, and Adam Fox on the back end. And then you have these kids like Andre Miller and the entire kid line that are really growing into their own and being better versions of themselves than they were during the regular season. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't take into account is that they these young players, they will be better and better as the year goes on, and they're not the same players they were even a month ago. And that's hard to sort of factor in before the playoffs start. I think it's interesting to look at. There's a couple decent examples in this postseason of, you know, what could happen if you have a successful rebuild, um, you know, or have tanking teams. Like I know the Rangers didn't maybe tank in the traditional sense, but you have the Rangers who had that really great um, rebuild, retool. Um, Edmonton as an obvious example, even Colorado. Um, but I think it's interesting how all three of them have been so different. Um, and almost like I think the Rangers are a difficult example. You, like, I know every time this year, this time of year, everyone kind of puts out like, what can my team that I'm covering learn about the teams that made it to the final four? And I always find it a little bit difficult to look at the Rangers and say, well, just do that um, because it's the New York Rangers and people want to play there. You know, they had the. Not, I mean, they had the luck of the draw. They had, they got Alexi Lafreniere. They got Capocaco. Not, a, not every team who wants to tear it down to the strips have first round draft picks because they spent a bunch of them. Like the Calgary Flames, some fans want to see them completely blow it up what? Um, because they lost. Yeah, there's yeah. What some people want the some people want to see the Flames. Quarter. People, some people have said they want to see the Flames tear it down to strips, and they don't have the draft capital to do that, and they have too many good players to do that. Um, but and then you look at the Rangers too, like you know, Adam Fox wasn't going to sign in Calgary, he wasn't going to sign in Carolina, he was going to sign for the New York Rangers. Panarin wanted to play in New York, so it's always difficult to nice. look at it. Yeah, it's always difficult to look at a team like that and be like, well, just do what they did. You know, the Rangers are the perfect example of a perfect rebuild. They did a good job, good amateur scouting, good drafting, et cetera. And it's amazing that they fast-tracked this way. But like, if, if you're Mendez covering the Sens, you can't exactly be like, look what we learned from covering the New York Rangers. Yeah. Nothing. That's a very good point. There, there are Canadians fans right now who I'm sure are rooting for the Rangers just because they could look at their organization and be like, you see what Jeff Gordon did in New York? Jeff mm-hmm. Gordon can do that exact same thing in Montreal. That is basically Jeff Gordon's team. If we wait four years, Nick Suzuki can lead the Canadians to a Stanley Cup championship. And that's not what's going to happen. It's going to take a lot more. And as right. nice as Montreal is, Montreal is not New York. So, right. yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a weird situation. The Montreal has the draft capital and they're starting from a decent place too. But yeah, I always, I always find this stuff interesting. And then there's teams that take way longer, like Edmonton to break through this point, even even Colorado. So I don't know. Do you guys want to transition over to the Edmonton Av series since we just were talking about that? Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oilers down 3 nothing. It always kind of felt like whoever got out of the Battle of Alberta was just going to try to hang with, with the Avs, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Uh, what have you guys liked about this series so far, other than the skill? Oh, I wasn't sure if Dom was going to start. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I Dom like wasn't paying scheme. attention. I was oh. paying attention. He was paying attention. He actually was. I, I thought mm. he was going to say something first. That's why I was going to let him go. I was letting you go first. You see, you see the wholesomeness. Was the whole everyone's too podcast. nice on this podcast? I guess that's fair. Um, I mean, I find. I mean, I always find the speed with the Colorado Avalanche. That's one of their best assets. Mm-hmm. And I guess I would have liked to have seen more on on both sides of it. But we're seeing a team that can score at will. They did that in the first game, and then the second game, they said, "Okay, we have to shut stuff down." And they've mm-hmm. been able to play well defensively as well. Uh, and while I think the Nazem Kadri injury definitely is a point of concern, seeing guys like JT Comfer step up, seeing guys like Val Nichuskin, the two goal game that he had the other night, step up. Other guys like Darren Helm in the lineup. They have Arturi Lekkinen. This is a team that throughout the playoffs, they lose a mobile defenseman. Their goalie is dealing with injury as well. They are not at 100%, but they are so deep at almost every position. That they've been able to, they've been able to withstand any injury that comes their way. I, I still think even if once they make the final, because I, I don't see them blowing it against Edmonton, they could still play through this Nazem Kadri injury. Obviously, it hurts that you know basically their hottest player might not be available to them until maybe at partway through the Stanley Cup final at this point. But because of how front loaded they are, because of how they are on the back end and their goaltending. Like, I don't expect them to have that much of a drop-off. I don't think Nassim Kadri being hurt is going to completely hurt them. If nothing else, if this conference final is not going to give us a close series, a veritable McDavid versus McKinnon matchup where both guys are scoring every game and going off, at the very least, we're seeing a truly great team get the job done in more ways than one. And now they just have to finish it for game four. That's, Mm -hmm. That's what I've liked, at least watching the first few games. Yeah, uh, I, it's been impressive to see Colorado do that because I, I did think they were a bit more of a, a top-heavy team, but they've gotten contributions from some places you wouldn't expect. Comper has been really impressive for sure, but at the same time, I am a little disappointed that McDavid versus McKinnon hasn't been a bigger storyline in this series. They both had moments for sure, but I, I did want to see like one game where they're just trade punches and just go off and they're both like leading their team style game yeah like those vibes from the best player in the world and mckinnon who is close to second or third depending on how you view the game obviously uh but 
it's been a bit disappointing in that regard. And I really thought that the Oilers would would hang a bit more. Uh, I thought I didn't think it would be a particularly close series. I thought Colorado was the much better team, but I didn't think it'd be like this, where the Oilers would be staring down a three nothing deficit. It's like what Julian said, though. I think the Avs are so good in the sense that, like, again, going just going back to the Flames because that's what I was completely embedded with the most. Like the Flames team that we kind of saw for the regular season and um, the good parts of round one is a team that doesn't allow a whole lot. They keep the puck in the offensive zone. Like that is their way to play. And they got into the track meet with the Oilers on game one, and everyone thought that was so fun and exciting, and it was. But a lot of the Flames players like kind of trace game one, like they trace back to game one and said like, we started the series off like playing their game. We won the we won that one, but we couldn't get it on the rails after that. It just turned into this high octane, high offense, high scoring series. And Calgary did not have the firepower to hang with that. Colorado does. Like that's a team who can win the track meet against the Edmonton Oilers, not just from their first line, but their second line. And we're seeing even the fourth line show up and and do that. And, you know, line by line, you kind of go through and the Colorado Avalanche either match, say, their top line or have them beat on every other line of depth and, and their blue line's better. And they can win the track meet, but they can also win the gritty shutdown, slog it up type games too. So that's what I think has made them so impressive. Um, the last game we did see a couple – things um you know the Evander Kane boarding on Nazem Kadri um he was given a one game suspension so he will miss game four um my problem with that is I feel like the only reason he got a game is that Kadri's hurt and <laughs> it just seems so typical that they give out the punishment based on the results not the actual action itself and the fact that Kadri did not come back in that game and Evander Kane had the opportunity to play in the last minute of the game down like one goal or something. I just I don't know how we can see hits and injuries like that and say, OK, well, he gets to leave. You go sit in the box for five minutes and you come back out and try to make an impact on that game. Like, Imagine if Evander Kane would have got the game winner or something. <laughs> yeah, After been, knocking Kadri sure. out for the rest of the series. Oh yeah, like it would have easily been like a like a controversial. It would still yeah. controversial regardless. Obviously, that didn't happen. But I just, I don't know. I just, uh. I don't know. I like, I don't know. I still, I have no confidence in in the DOPS. <laughs> I like to think that whenever they have to do almost any type of judgment there's like a big wheel in their office and they have to like spin it. And it's like, okay, it's at three games. We have to say three games. This mm-hmm. could have easily been like two games. This could have, they could have easily said like rest of the series or something. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, on the surface, it looks like a suspendable hit. Like it's from behind. It's on the numbers. The guy goes right into the boards. Like four even if Nas- the boards too. Like I'm even if Nasim Kadri doesn't get hurt, that should be a suspendable hit. And then and all that's I've the seen problem all- is I think they waited. Yeah. Like if he was not hurt, like if Nazem Kadri was playing in game four, Evander Kane probably would have had a fine. And what's wild is all weekend I've seen a whole bunch of people on Twitter post up these very similar occurrences where like McDavid getting hit into the boards. I think it was like mm-hmm. the Kyler Yamamoto hit that was a little bit similar. Like 
those are, first off, all of those should be suspendable. I, like, whenever mm-hmm. people put those up, they're like, hey, well, what about this hit? Like, yeah, that should also be suspendable. That was also bad. <laughs> that was very bad. Yes, we should expect better from the people in charge of handing out suspensions. But the powers that be don't always do that for whatever reason. But yeah, Nassim, I mean, even if Nassim Kadri didn't get hurt, that should have been a, that should have been a suspendable play. And the fact that Evander Kane only got one game, I'll, I'll be quite honest here. Initially, my first thought was this is the NHL's way of saying, OK, well, we're suspending you for the rest of the series. But we also think this game is this series isn't going to go beyond the one game. So no point suspending <laughs> you two, three games on two, three games. You're not going to play in the series. That's that's how I read it initially. But, you know. They could have oh, easily how said we all laughed series. and laughed at the jokes yeah. about Evander Kane will be out for the remainder of the series. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do think the the Department of Player Safety, like they do take into account uh, whether the player is hurt or not. They've done that in the past a lot. It's part yeah. of their methodology. Whether it should be or not is obviously up for debate, but that is an important factor for sure. I think we all just want a little consistency. Uh, and when people are tweeting, what about this hit? What about this hit? Like, yeah, those should be suspendable. We want the same consistency you do. And it sucks to see, but that is the NHL for you, the best sport and oftentimes the the worst league. I think the one thing is that I wonder is if Kadri delivered that hit to Vander Kane, how long is his suspension? Because I doubt it's just one Yo. Mm-hmm. And what is every and what's the Twitter reaction like? What's yeah. the conversation we're having today and are people online if it's Nazim Kadri? Like yeah. Oh man. I, I don't know if it I don't know if it's like I put that same question out there like over the weekend. And I'm I wasn't trying to say like, oh, it would have expressly it would have explicitly been more, but definitely the discourse around Nazim Kadri super the, gross would have drudged up. Oh, yeah. yeah, it would have come up. The, the real Nazem Kadri showed up. Like, we would have gotten a lot mm-hmm. of those comments if yeah. Nazem Kadri did that, even if it was on Evander Kane, who we all know has his issues. Yeah. And I even saw some people, like, making jokes, being like, well, we all knew Nazem Kadri was going to be involved in some stupid hit and, like, miss a playoff round. It's like, uh... Yikes. He's hurt, dude. Like, yeah, let's let's not... Let's not and say we did. Or just not. And- yeah. You know, respect that a guy's hurt and yeah, expect expecting got respect from the aggressively. at this point. Expecting yeah. expecting respect from people on the internet nowadays. You know what? Like, stop doing that. <laughs> You're letting just yourself down. post raccoon memes and really stupid stuff and vibe by yourself. <laughs> That's what I do. I My have, I Twitter gets progressively memes. weirder as the off season goes on. Is as I stop like writing. Like, I write a little bit less and start just, like, posting weird stuff. I think um, my Twitter timeline gets a little weird in the off season. It's a little weird in general. Yeah. Did you guys see the cat? (laughs) Did you guys see the cat when I retweeted on the weekend? said, don't you scroll on by without stopping in to say meowdy, partner. And it's a cat wearing a cowboy hat. Sure did. It was great. Did it make you laugh? Classic hails. (laughs) It was great. Uh... Yeah, we love that. Anyways, I okay, you guys talk about the abs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just looking for this tweet. I'm like, where is it? I haven't seen it. Oh no, you're oh my god. Isn't it great? <laughs> That's a cowboy hat. Or no, it's yeah, a Yeah, and hat. he's it's a little sheriff's hat and he's like dipping it. 
Like, you All know, when it. you take your hat off and it's going to yeah. be me at the stampede this summer. <laughs> okay. So, sorry. I Anyways, didn't really cut you off there. No, no. I was saying you guys keep talking about the avalanche. I'm going to find this weird draft combine question because I want to ask you guys your opinion on oh, the toilet pole what you would do. Yeah, the toilet yeah, one. I have it memorized. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> I should have known. So this is very. So are we done talking about the hockey? Can we talk about the draft combine? Talk toilet about toilets. Question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah. Perfect. I want. I want to hear the question. Uh, yeah. The question was: Would you rather take a ten dollar bill off the bowl of a toilet or a fifty dollar bill from the inside of a toilet? Take both. That's not an option, Haley. That's not an option, <laughs> clown. Uh, why is my Why is my first thinking like? In the bowl of the toilet, the water. So yeah. there's water in the toilet. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. You might have like an empty. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Unless it's a dirty toilet, I'm not interested. Wait. You are not kidding about the whole. The no, no, thing. no, 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 no. That's not Yo. what I meant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever um, gets your rocks off, jeez. I think I need oh. another month off. <laughs> okay. I meant I'm, the ten dollar <laughs> one. That's my answer. Whatever doesn't have me going into the dirty toilet. I said as long as it's not a dirt. I meant as long as it's not a dirty toilet. Give but me the not what you dollars. <laughs> it's it's an extra forty dollars. Yeah. Like it's it's to- it's toilet water. It, it cleans itself. It's exactly. fine. Exactly. That's why I'm going in the toilet. And less Anyone it's who, dirty. Okay. But like, but like we, we got I gotta know about the toilet. Is it That's your what toilet? I tried is to it say. a public toilet? Is it like a You have none of these facts. You just have this question. You you just you're just being told to just get it just either take money from a toilet. You are sitting down in front of Martin Saint Louis and he's saying to you. <laughs> What would you rather fish money out of? A toilet bowl or the toilet seat? You don't know which one's dirtier. Well, it's it's clearly a metaphor. Would you rather do the dirty work to get a bigger payoff or would you rather take oh, the easy way out? Oh, oh, that's so lame. Uh, oh, my did, people not, did people not get that from the question? Like I, I felt it was extremely easy, but they just made it. Very would obvious by the, the $40 dirty, So they're asking a 16-year-old kid, would you rather? <laughs> it's really funny. What would you? What did you learn about me from saying I want both? You're great. Uh, that I'll put in all the extra work? <laughs> no, that you're, you're a thief because you can only take one. <laughs> I think it shows yeah. that I'm crafty. I, like that a raccoon. Yeah, little raccoon. I don't know. Um, isn't couldn't you make the argument that like maybe you're sure you're willing to do the dirty work, but like maybe you're Gross. willing to do a whole yeah, do like a whole bunch of random stuff you don't really necessarily need to be doing for all this when you could just do the least the the more smart thing, which is grab the it more off. Smart the thing seat. is taking forty dollars less. Like if they were equal, then you obviously take the the toilet easy seat. way. The toilet that seat, is fair. But they're not equal. That's the point. That's fair. Okay. So, yeah, I I guess I I guess I'm gonna take the money then in the fifty. I'm gonna take the fifty then. Yeah. I'm gonna change my mind. I don't know. It's just there's too many variables. There's too many things to think about. I don't know. 
Was that the weirdest combine question from this past weekend? Um, I saw that from Scott because I Mm -hmm. guess the Habs have a reputation of asking like really weird, difficult interview questions. As of Uh, this year with this new regime. (laughs) So, yeah, I just talked about dirty toilet water. So I think I'm done for the day. Um. so I know Julian, we kind of take it away. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Um, one other thing uh, I know, like, not to kind of double back here, we should plug uh, Dom's article where he ranks some of the uh, past like playoff matchups and some of the individual uh, playoff matchups. I, I do want to touch on that before we get to like more Stanley Cup final stuff. Dom, great job on it, by the way. But Thank also you so much. In terms of the McKinnon versus McDavid matchup, like, could you go into more detail on how that ranks compared to some of the other great mono mono matchups from, like, 2010 onward? Yeah, well, the rankings that I did sort of looked at what the players are going to the series and how much hype, I guess, there should be based on how good they are. So my model goes back to 2010. I can measure how much value each player was expected to deliver going into each series. And usually the best players in the world would be around three wins, four wins. And then the absolute best like Crosby and Ovechkin would sometimes flirt with five. And we're in an era now where the best players are maybe like better than ever. They are so far ahead of the rest of the league where you have McDavid and Matthews around six wins and McKinnon and a few others around five. And so there's never been a series where there have been two players worth five wins or more in the same series until McDavid versus McKinnon. Uh, It topped out somewhere around four and a half and four or something like that. Something close to that. And in this playoffs, there's actually been, I think there's been two because Gaudreau is around that ballpark as well. So McDavid played him and then, Matthews played Kucherov in the first round, and that is not quite as high, but those three series ended up being the highest-valued superstar series of the past 12 years. And I think that's part of the reason why this playoff has, I think, been one of the best in a long time, is you have these heavyweight matchups in almost every series, and the players have never been stronger and we're getting some really entertaining bouts as a result and obviously McDavid versus McKinnon hasn't really lived up to the hype yet but there's there's still time for McDavid to work some magic maybe maybe in a game four maybe with his back against the wall with an unhealthy with a a, a Leon Dreisaitl not at 100% Noah Vander Kane Darnell Nurse playing not playing at his best mm-hmm. maybe maybe <laughs> we'll see We'll have to see about that. Um, Before we let you go, Dom, before we wrap up this wholesome edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, I I know that it's looking like it's going to be like Colorado in the West, and then we're going to have to figure out who's going to be repping from the East. But who do you guys want actually want out of these conference finals to be in the Stanley Cup final? Like, what's your what's your what's the matchup you all want? I've been saying um, Colorado Cup final. When we started doing our predictions in the first round, I think if that's a team who struggled to get over the hump, they've got a great team. Um, I kind of said, like, this is the year for the Avs, and I hope it is. I would like to see them win. They're a really exciting team to watch. I think there's a lot of individual players that are great. I just 
I, I've been gunning for, for Colorado to the cup final this year. I think in the East, though, I mean, it'd be kind of funny to see Tampa get to the final again, um, but it would be also kind of cool to see somebody different, um, especially somebody who people didn't think they were going to get through the first round after, you know, game three against Pittsburgh. So I'm not super tied to one team in the East, but definitely Colorado in the West. Honestly, I like all four teams, and I think any combination would be fun in its own way. I want Colorado to come through because I think they're the best team in the league, and it's been a while since the best team in the league before the playoffs has actually made it this far or won anything. Um, And I think against either of Tampa Bay or New York, there's an interesting storyline, I think, versus New York. It'd be really fun to see Colorado just pepper them with shots and Shesterkin making 50 saves a night and playing out of his mind and maybe making things interesting. Uh, But against Tampa Bay, I think probably one of the best series of this playoffs was that Leafs-Tampa Bay first round. And I think Colorado is a faster, better, deeper version of the Leafs with a goalie that you can rely on. And I think that would make for an interesting series against Tampa Bay that sort of has the blueprint on how to beat that kind of team. But obviously we want Braden Point back for that kind of series to get the full star power. But I don't know. It would be interesting if Edmonton came back because that would sort of legitimize how good they are. It's just obviously very unlikely. So in that sense, it would be fun. But yeah, I'm thinking Colorado versus Tampa is the preference, but I I wouldn't mind a New York series either. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. One of the final things I was going to ask, actually, Dom, before you go, and Julian, jump in on this one, too. This Selkie... Um, Award was given out, awarded. The Selkie Award was awarded. Selkie Trophy. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Patrice Bergeron again. Um, Lynn Holm finished second. I'm just curious, Dom, is this kind of how you saw this coming out in terms of who won and who was placed where? Because I know you do the um, you do your awards watch every year, and I think everyone kind of assumed that Bergeron was going to win. 
there was just some things on the ballot that were a little surprising to me. Um, like Johnny Gaudreau and Sidney Crosby having this. <laughs> no, Johnny Gaudreau had more votes than Sidney Crosby or more points. Evan Rodriguez had the same amount of votes as Crosby. Um, there was a player from Buffalo who was like pretty high up too. Rasmus Asplund. That was yes. a, an evolving hockey special because I think their metrics have him ranked pretty high and the Twins seemed really thrilled that their kooky thread every year of who <laughs> should be. They have uh, every like four times a year, they'll be like, this is who we think should win the NHL awards. It'll be like Hart Trophy. That makes sense. Norris Trophy. That makes sense. Sucky Trophy. Here are some guys. And it'll be like <laughs> the most random third or fourth liners in the world. And honestly, a lot of times it does track. Uh, three or four years ago, it was Marcus Foligno and Valerie Nachushkin leading those kinds of threads. And I think they're really good marks for players who deserve more ice time and can make a bigger impact if given a bigger role. I just don't think for a major award, you give them that credit just yet. And I think Nachushkin and Foligno, they paid their dues and now they're showing they can do that in an actual shutdown capacity. And now this is the year where they were worthy for consideration. They got a lot more love than they probably would have in the past, thanks to, I think, the analytics movement. And I think thanks to those weird, kooky threads. But uh, that's how Asplund, I think, gets some love and I think some other players as well. But I expected Bergeron and Lindholm and O'Reilly to be pretty prominent. I I would have liked a bit more love for Sorelli and Felino, but I don't think they had... I think the offense that some people look towards, but defensively they're both extremely strong this year. But other than that, it seemed fine as long as Bergeron won in the landslide and he did. So credit to the, the writers for getting that one right. Although it was, I think a very easy one this year. It's really yeah. weird though, because when did the Selkie trophy, it's turned into like the two way forward award. Mm-hmm. versus the best defensive forward award. And I mean, I'm guilty of of that interpretation as well. I think I'm not. You know, talking about Elias Lindholm, you know, he's a great defensive player, but like Michael Backlund has is the one who, you know, did better against McDavid or, you know, he's not as offensively gifted, but Michael Backlund's always been the defensive specialist. So I think sometimes people get locked into that um like dom you just saying like sorelli didn't have the offense that other guys did like that shouldn't matter it, sh- it shouldn't best, this is the best offensive forward award i think yeah i didn't have o'reilly on my ballot i oh. i don't remember if i did or not i think he was like in consideration but yeah um i did I- so my ballot is i did bergeron erickson eck lindholm sorelli barkov and barkov probably would have been higher had he not missed 20-something games. But I always get really torn between putting, like, two guys from the same team on there, too. Like, Brad Marchand had a great year. His defensive impact was very good this season. So was Marcus Foligno. But I felt I needed – and, like, same with Backlund and Lindholm. But I was like, I'm not going to put two guys from different teams on here. So I kind of picked each lane. Mm-hmm. And I think Erickson, Eck, and Felino were, like, an interesting yeah. kind of back and forth, too. But – yeah, I, Who did you I, had, I had no problem with that because I here's the thing. I thought Bergeron's season was so good and Marchand was honestly a big part of that. And I thought his defensive impact and his play, he plays the penalty kill with Bergeron. He has 
elite five on five numbers as well. And I felt he was worthy of being in consideration. So I had Bergeron first, Marshawn second. I have zero problem with putting two players from the same team because I think they were the most elite defensive duo in the league and they were worthy of that. Um, after them, I, I had Lindholm third. I think there were a lot of advanced stats people who didn't like Lindholm's inclusion because his X-Gar was negative or whatever, but I think a lot of that is missing the forest for the trees. Like That sort of regression will give credit to Kachuk or Gaudreau for their defensive impact because mm-hmm. of some different minutiae or whatever, but Lindholm was a great defensive forward this year. He was part of the best line in hockey this year, and mm-hmm. I think the fact that the team didn't allow many chances with him on the ice, didn't allow many goals with him on the ice needs to be taken into consideration on top of how he did relative to teammates or how he did when you regress and adjust and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, after them, I had uh Felino and Sorelli and that's my ballot. I don't have a vote on the, any of the, any of the NHL awards. So yet. I probably, yeah, yet, that'd be nice. Once you're up to like, know seven podcasts then you're then you they'll be like this guy's on i have to do four more of these like okay fine i thought you were at like Um, five or six already that's my bad that's that's fair um i don't i i wouldn't i don't have a very detailed like list of you know one through five or my ballot or anything i mean i would have just voted for patrice bergeron considering the year that he's having and even though it's the consensus pick, I, I think, I mean, obviously well, I would have been right, but just seeing him do this at his age at a point where like he's considering retiring and for him to go out as the best defensive forward in the game. I mean, that's a pretty good way to retire. I, I still would be very surprised if Bergeron said, you know what? I'm playing for a different team other than Boston. I still think he retires or maybe he comes back, but like, I, I don't see him leaving, but for him to leave, not only being the best defensive forward in the game, but now setting the record for five with five selkies. Like that's that would be pretty good for him. So yeah, Bergeron would have been my pick, but yeah, I I, I don't have an actual ballot for NHL mm-hmm. awards yet. So yeah, yeah, that's otherwise the right I would have like had one. Yeah, I, otherwise I would have been more than happy to be like, here's who I have one through five. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I don't know who I need to talk to from the PHWA or whatever mm-hmm. to have a vote. I guess this is the call right now. Yeah, <laughs> make your pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, elevator I, pitch. I have a bunch of podcasts, very <laughs> successful. I write for the best NHL team and edit for the best NHL editorial team in the world. And uh, yeah, I I even get to fill in on podcasts with two of the best to do it on on at the Athletic. So let He's me vote on awards. Damn it! <laughs> very smart and handsome as well. Thank you need you. to up the handsome you. quotient on the on the awards ballots. Handsome for sixty. We we're, we're, we're putting that up. We bringing them numbers up. Um, I think that's going to do it for. This Hold on, we're not we're not going to talk about the Top Gun power rankings. Did you guys watch Top no. Gun? Oh no, um, I didn't watch them. Oh, I forgot about the power rankings. I'm sorry, my bad. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. There's only four teams left, plus a bunch of nicknames after. Yeah, which was your favorite nickname? Because me and Sean worked really hard on thinking of cool nicknames. <laughs> For every Guys, team. I hate Tom Cruise. I did not watch what? Top Gun. You didn't watch Why Top Gun? Why do you hate Tom Cruise? Why do you hate Tom I Cruise? I don't like Tom Cruise. That movie I, ruled so hard. I what the hell? don't like Tom Cruise. 
Well, this is nah. a conversation between me and Julian then. Which was your favorite yeah. call sign, Julian? That me and Sean. Okay. Okay. I need to I need to I need to pull this up because I want to make sure I get this right. Um because I haven't even like I I, I really want to watch the new top. He didn't I haven't, read I haven't watched the power it. rankings. Unbelievable. In all fairness, I, really I normally the power on Friday, <laughs> but I was very sick. <laughs> mm. I was very sick and I couldn't read them. I um, liked the power rankings that included the video of Pingu. Um, I will yeah. <laughs> put that on the record. Sean did not know what Pingu was until I showed him a bunch of random Pingu videos. So Pingu you're welcome. I, I texted him the next morning. I'm like, thanks, thank you for including Pingu. I don't know how I missed that one. Um, I, I sent like at least four different video compilations of like this one's my this one's the funniest, but this one's really good too. Is it, <laughs> oh, is this here's just... him coming home drunk at the bar. Are you trying yeah. to out yourself as a ghostwriter for the power rankings? Is this what's happening here? Uh, absolutely, yes. If you uh, ever want to have a power rankings with um, raccoons, just let me know. <laughs> I I do want to do that actually. Do you have 32 raccoon photos? I probably could whip some up, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> or videos. We- like, what team... So, you know the video of the raccoon trying to wash his um, cotton candy in the water, and then it evaporates, <laughs> and he gets really upset? Yeah, what no. <laughs> NHL team is that raccoon? Um, Julian, raccoons, like, clean their food, and someone gave a raccoon a piece of cotton candy, and then he went to wash it, and it evaporated, and then he's just looking into his hands like, ah... Honestly, it might be the flames. <laughs> like, what? Because what, they evaporated in the second round. Yeah, they did. Is they there a team whose players just keep evaporating? Everyone keeps uh, leaving. Where's my cotton candy? I mean, that too. Well, they haven't left yet. Hey. All right, yeah, Julian. No, what's, 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 the, what's, the, what's the best call sign Anyways. here? Ratatouille for Boston Bruins. That is very spot on. Thank you. That's I, I can't believe they called the perfection line when that's right there for them, you know? Yeah, I, it, it is right there. But Ratatouille is like, that's pretty good. Maverick's too easy. Poltergeist with the Leafs is also pretty good. Um, I like Boomerang brick. for Florida. <laughs> brick. <laughs> no, sorry. Brick, not prick. I said brick for for, for Carolina. Uh, Boomerang's not bad for Florida either. I still can't believe Florida went out the way that they did. Sad. Mm. Uh, Thrilla. Well, Thriller, I don't know why I said Thriller in Minnesota, uh, but uh, Kirill the Thrill, uh, that dude's got that dude's got next, man. He's He really is that dude. Uh, yeah, he got some dude. really good call signs, man. Thank you. I I appreciate that. We worked super hard on those. <laughs> I know yeah, you I did. Yeah, I can tell you and worked again, really hard on the Daryl Sutter Farmer. <laughs> I would have read it on the Friday if I wasn't sick. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a go-to guy for editing those, and there you were, missing... The best one. Because I was sick. It was, <laughs> it was very sick. Yeah, but you're always days. sick as hell. Oh, just <laughs> look at this again, man. Look at you out here. Just give these compliments, man. Thank you. Thank Haley, you. you're fine. No. <laughs> Haley, no. <laughs> Haley, you're great. Don't listen it's to fine. Dom. No, okay. you know what? He's we, right. <laughs> we've done just okay. more than enough damage. I've, I've you're boosted Haley. Okay. Enough for one lifetime. Yeah, okay, we've 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 done enough damage on the athletic hockey show for a Monday. Dom, I'm sorry I got your last name wrong, Luce Chisholm. Oh my god! What's still Luce? Ch- 
It's I got the loose part right. Loose chishin. Oh, loose. She's phenomenal. Oh, okay. Okay. Ten out of ten. Well, well, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna fail again. Dom, thank you very much for hanging out with Haley and I on the Athletic Hockey Show on this year Monday. Uh, Haley, thank you for letting me uh, hang out with you on the show that you normally host with Ian. This was thank great. You. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and thank you to it everyone else. It was fine. Else. <laughs> it was more than fine. It was great. It was great. Minus me butchering Dom's name. Thank you to everyone uh, for listening to the Athletic Hockey Show. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and uh, leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a dollar a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show.